Hello darlings, we're listening to the latest news on Midas Touch. Live expert on fascism, that's at 5 o'clock. Anthony, the weekend show gets uh, it's quite high. Uh, you know, you guys like it, I noticed. Trump makes horrifying criminal threats during live live speech caught on tape. Time to retrieve all those files you thought you lost. If you have data stored on a laptop or computer that what no longer fuck? works, then Come on, DOJ. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. You don't need Network. any Over the more incriminating evidence. Over the weekend when Donald evidence. Trump gave a speech fuck in Erie, Pennsylvania, there was a moment that's not getting the attention I think it deserves, so I want to highlight it right here on the Midas Touch Network, and that is when Donald Trump, like he did when he was in office, threatened Ukraine that if there was not more dirt being handed over on President Biden, that the United States should stop providing any military equipment to Ukraine and allow Russia to basically take over Ukraine. I want to show you this clip, but remember how Donald Trump was saying, oh, I had the perfect phone call to Zelensky, and there was no extortion at all. Donald Trump is making the same type of uh, call right here while he's giving this speech again threatening the sovereignty of Ukraine saying that more dirt is needed on President Biden and again spreading these deranged lies and conspiracies all as Vladimir Putin's puppet here play the clip he's got millions of dollars from Ukraine now Ukraine gets billions and billions of dollars from the American taxpayer Joe Biden is compromised. He's dragging us into a global conflict on behalf of the very same country, Ukraine, that apparently paid his family all of these millions of dollars. In light of this information, the U.S. Congress should refuse to authorize a single additional payment of our depleted stockpiles. Did you see last week? Last week, he said, we have no ammunition. The United States, you know, I rebuilt the military. We had so much ammunition. We had to buy storage, massive storage bins for it. It's almost gone. First of all, that shouldn't have happened. But who would release that? Who would say that? That was classified information, wasn't it, huh? But the weapons stockpiles to Ukraine until the FBI, DOJ, and IRS hand over every scrap of evidence they have on the Biden crime family's corrupt business dealings. We have to know, and the public deserves to know. In addition, Congress should immediately vote to block Joe Biden's recent call-up of his... You know, and this is a consistent message that Donald Trump makes. It's a consistent attack on Ukraine, a consistent attack on Joe Biden, mixed with these deranged conspiracies and spreading all of the lies that the MAGA House Republicans say, saying, oh, Joe Biden got millions of dollars from Ukraine. He did it. You got millions of dollars from China. Your son-in-law and your daughter got billions of dollars from the Saudi sovereign wealth fund and made over 600 million dollars working for you in the White House, even though they weren't elected and Jared couldn't even get a security clearance. But here it is right here. This is one of the other messages that Donald Trump puts out when he makes these videos of himself. Here, play the clip. And we have a corrupt, compromised president, crooked Joe Biden, who is dragging us into World War III. And that's what's happening on behalf of a nation that paid his family millions and millions of dollars in obvious bribes. All you have to do is take a look at how much China, how much Ukraine have paid the Biden family. 
It's a total disgrace and a very dangerous one. Under these circumstances, the notion that we would even consider battery low, you know, at this time is completely unhinged. Joe Biden can't even walk up a flight of stairs on Air Force One, and he can't put two sentences together. The last thing that this incompetent administration should be doing is risking war with a nuclear-armed Russia or China or other countries. We have somebody that doesn't have a clue representing us. And this is, of course, echoed by all of the MAGA House Republicans. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene right here, um, who she says that she believes that Joe Biden, who wasn't even president at the time, coordinated with Ukrainian President Zelensky and Democrats to impeach Trump in 2019. This is how deranged this stuff is. Here, play this clip. And I, and I would go further to add, I would like to know more information about President Trump's first impeachment. Never forget, it was over a phone call with, with Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, that the Democrats led to impeachment hoax number one. And I believe that there was collusion and coordination between uh, the Democrats and Joe Biden uh, with Zelensky uh, in this impeachment effort of President Trump the first time. And ultimately, what is it that Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, what are they doing? They are doing this in service of Vladimir Putin, someone who wants to destroy the United States of America. Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is sometimes the answer, and this is precisely what's taking place here. While Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these House Republicans, oh, the Democrats want to destroy this, it's all projection and confession. Let me show you this incredible video that was made by the Republican Accountability Project um, showing what Donald Trump's alliance with Vladimir Putin actually looks like. Play this clip. I knew Putin very well. Got a lot of uh, great charm and a lot of pride. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine as independent. And I said, this is genius. And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. You got to say, that's pretty savvy. I knew that he always wanted Ukraine. I used to talk to him about it. I mean, what he's done for Russia is really amazing. And he's done it by outsmarting our country at every single step. The day after the Olympics, he starts with Ukraine. The day after. How smart? How smart? Plus members save more on the food they love. With new cost-saving member benefits, plus zero dollars. Explanation is sometimes the answer, and this is precisely what's taking place here. While Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these House Republicans, oh, the Democrats want to destroy this. It's all projection and confession. Let me show you this incredible video that was made by the Republican Accountability Project um, showing what Donald Trump's alliance with Vladimir Putin actually looks like. Play this clip. I knew Putin very well. Got a lot of uh, great charm and a lot of pride. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine as independent. And I said, this is genius. And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. You got to say, that's pretty savvy. I knew that he always wanted Ukraine. I used to talk to him about it. I mean, what he's done for Russia 
is really amazing, and he's done it by outsmarting our country at every single step. The day after the Olympics, he starts with Ukraine. The day after. How smart? How smart? Fucking traitor. We'll call that smart. Here is a video from AOC during an interview on CNN talking about Trump's first impeachment where he was trying to basically leverage the power of the United States government in an extortion scheme against Ukraine. Here, play this clip. Believe. What, what do you think? Well, all we have to do is look at Donald Trump's past behavior and, frankly, from the past legal proceedings that he has faced. This is a twice-impeached president. But when we rewind and when we rewind the tape and look at Donald Trump's first impeachment, he used and was unafraid to leverage the power of the United States government in an attempt to engage in an extortion scheme in Ukraine. He went to the Ukrainian government, he and his team, and engaged in, frankly, what we see as a conspiracy, and saying that he was willing to withhold and he was willing to hold congressionally mandated funds hostage in order to extract a fake political story about his political opponent, then now President Joe Biden. Um, and. I think from that history, and you see that same individual taking troves of documents, sensitive documents about the United States, I do not think we can rule out nefarious intent. I do not think we could rule out him trying to engage in transactional behavior, whether that be political or otherwise, um, for himself. And folks, this is the policy of the modern-day MAGA Republicans. This is what they support. You see Trump saying it on stage again threatening and extorting Ukraine, threatening American democracy to say, to try to get dirt that doesn't even exist. I mean, look, this is at the same time. MAGA Republicans are meeting with and protecting uh, non-registered foreign agents working for China, fake whistleblowers like Russian oligarchs, even the Russian oligarchs like okay, we, 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 we do not think that.
need no Instagram. She just uses Instagram. She don't need no Instagram. She just uses Tristagram. Yourself. Yeah, I'm the only presidential candidate calling for uh, Trump to be, uh, why isn't he prosecuted for the Zelensky thing? He was caught on, caught whistleblower, um, extorting a leader, leader of a foreign country. It's worth fucking charges. I believe they can impeach him after the fact. Perquisites. She don't need no Instagram. She just uses Tristagram. Just barns comments. Yes. Finally. Yes. Good stuff. Again, threatening and extorting Ukraine, threatening American democracy to say to try to get dirt that doesn't even exist. I mean, look, this is at the same time MAGA Republicans are meeting with and protecting uh, non-registered foreign agents working for China fake whistleblowers like Russian oligarchs, and even the Russian oligarchs are like, okay, we, 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 we do not think that. We never had any communications with Biden. Like, what are you talking about? MAGA Republicans making up 17 audio recordings that don't even exist. Just lie after lie after lie 
as you have people like Donald Trump cozy up and want to turn America into a puppet of Vladimir Putin. And Republicans to be charged with misconduct and removed immediately from office. Zero evidence claims of a Biden crime family. So, uh... To support... Impeaching Biden and calling him a... Except for Chinese spies, of course. Witnesses and Russian oligarchs, exclamation point. Kevin McCarthy, these MAGA Republicans, they're I'm also the only presidential candidate Trump, Trump calling for the suspension of, of both parties. Said, I'm also the only presidential candidate calling for suspension of both parties, but especially the Republican Party, for cheating in elections, persecuting immigrants and minorities, and of course the January 6th insurrection. Yes. So I'm making some, put some cheese on my, um, kind of like chili rice. This would make a good, uh, make great for burritos. I think I'll make some of these into burritos for the next day or so. What I could do is like make some burritos and freeze them, and then I can just like uh, wouldn't microwave them. Micro By the way, microwaving kills kills uh, all the energy that the foods would otherwise bring to you. The nukes literally nuked it. I should get rid of mine.
Anybody want a free microwave? I'll even clean some bird shit off of it before I give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. So what I want to do is uh Chinese spies, not spice. Okay. Hit it. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Question Do carbs make you fat? No, absolutely not. That's a myth. Stop cutting carbs to. Joe Biden has compromised. He's dragging us into a global conflict on behalf of the very same country, Ukraine, that apparently paid his family all of these millions of dollars. In light of this information, the U.S. Congress should refuse to authorize a single additional payment of our depleted stockpiles. Did you see last week? Trista TV, Trista, the governor, the 
Institute for Justice, Trista for Senate, 22 followers. Okay, so I'm uh, post posted that on tagged on several pages. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Over the weekend when Donald Trump gave a speech in Erie, Pennsylvania, there was a moment that's not getting the attention I think it deserves, so I want to highlight it right here on the Midas Touch Network. And that is when Donald Trump, like he did when he was in office, threatened Ukraine that if there was not more dirt being handed over on President Biden that the United States should stop providing any military equipment to Ukraine and allow Russia to basically take over Ukraine. I want to show you this clip, but remember how Donald Trump was saying, oh, I had the perfect phone call to Zelensky and there was no extortion at all. Donald Trump is making the same type of uh, call right here while he's giving this speech again threatening the sovereignty of Ukraine saying that more dirt is needed on President Biden and again spreading these deranged lies and conspiracies all as Vladimir Putin's puppet here play the clip he's got millions of dollars from Ukraine now Ukraine gets billions and billions of dollars from the American taxpayer Joe Biden is compromised. He's dragging us into a global conflict on behalf of the very same country, Ukraine, that apparently paid his family all of these millions of dollars. In light of this information, the U.S. Congress should refuse to authorize a single additional payment of our depleted stockpiles. Did you see last week? Last week, he said, we have no ammunition. The United States, you know, I rebuilt the military. We had so much ammunition. We had to buy storage, massive storage. Could be putting us all at national risk. He said... To the world... They just announced it's to the world. Gone. First of all, that shouldn't have happened. But who would release that? Who would say? classified information, wasn't it, huh? But the weapons stockpiles to Ukraine until the FBI, DOJ, and IRS hand over every scrap of evidence they have on the Biden crime family's corrupt business dealings. We have to know, and the public deserves to know. In addition, Congress should immediately vote to block Joe Biden's recent call-up of res You know, and this is a consistent message that Donald Trump makes. It's a consistent attack on Ukraine, a consistent attack on Joe Biden, mixed with these deranged conspiracies and spreading all of the lies that the MAGA House Republicans say, saying, oh, Joe Biden got millions of dollars from Ukraine. No, he didn't. 
you got millions of dollars from China. Your son-in-law and your daughter got billions of dollars from the Saudi sovereign wealth fund and made over $600 million working for you in the White House, even though they weren't elected and Jared couldn't even get a security clearance. But here it is right here. This is one of the other messages that Donald Trump puts out when he makes these videos of himself. Here, play the clip. And we have a corrupt, compromised president, crooked Joe Biden, who is dragging us into World War III. And that's what's happening on behalf of a nation that paid his family millions and millions of dollars in obvious bribes. All you have to do is take a look at how much China, how much Ukraine have paid the Biden family. It's a total disgrace and a very dangerous one. Under these circumstances, the notion that we would even consider admitting Ukraine into NATO at this time is completely unhinged. Joe Biden can't even walk up a flight of stairs on Air Force One, and he can't put two sentences together. The last thing that this incompetent administration should be doing is risking war with a nuclear-armed Russia or China or other countries. Yeah, well, you wear diapers, bitch. doesn't have a clue representing us. And this is, of course, echoed by all of the MAGA House Republicans. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene right here, um, who she says that she believes that Joe Biden, who wasn't even president at the time, coordinated with Ukrainian President Zelensky and Democrats to impeach Trump in 2019. This is how deranged this stuff is. Here, play this clip. And I, and I would go further to add, I would like to know more information about President Trump's first impeachment. Never forget, it was over a phone call with, with Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, that the Democrats led to impeachment hoax number one. And I believe that there was collusion and coordination between uh, the Democrats and Joe Biden uh, with Zelensky uh, in this impeachment effort of President Trump the first time. And ultimately, what is it that Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, what are they doing? They are doing this in service of Vladimir Putin. Someone who wants to destroy the United States of America. Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is sometimes the answer, and this is precisely what's taking place here. While Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these House Republicans, oh, the Democrats want to destroy this, it's all projection and confession. Let me show you this incredible video that was made by the Republican Accountability Project um, showing what Donald Trump's alliance with Vladimir Putin actually looks like. Play this clip. I knew Putin very well. He had a lot of uh, great charm and a lot of pride. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine as independent. And I said, this is genius. And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. There were more army tanks than I've ever seen. They're going to keep peace all right. You got to say, that's pretty savvy. I knew that he always wanted Ukraine. I used to talk to him about it. I mean, what he's done for Russia is really amazing and he's done it by outsmarting our country at every single step the day after the olympics he starts with ukraine the day after how smart how smart if you're over 40 and still using mainstream concealers you're making a big mistake Ever wonder why mainstream concealers don't deliver as promised? You're certainly not alone. An astonishing 98% of women over 40 are actually using the wrong concealer for their age and don't know it. Think about how often concealers leave behind a cakey texture, settling into lines and wrinkles. Yeah, don't. Go outside and get a tan. 
Here is a video from AOC during an interview talking about Trump's first impeachment where he was trying to basically leverage the power of the United States government in an extortion scheme against Ukraine. Here, play this clip. Believe. What, what do you think? Well, all we have to do is look at Donald Trump's past behavior and, frankly, some of the past legal proceedings that he has faced. This is a twice impeached president, but when we rewind and when we rewind the tape and look at Donald Trump's first impeachment, he used and was unafraid to leverage the power of the United States government in an attempt to engage in an extortion scheme in Ukraine. He went to the Ukrainian government, he and his team, and engaged in, frankly, what we see as a conspiracy and saying that he was willing to withhold and he was willing to hold congressionally mandated funds hostage in order to extract a fake political story about his political opponent, then now President Joe Biden. Um, and I think from that history, and you see that same individual taking troves of documents, sensitive documents about the United States, I do not think we can rule out nefarious intent. I do not think we could rule out him trying to engage in transactional behavior, whether that be political or otherwise, um, for himself. And folks, this is the policy of the modern-day MAGA Republicans. This is what they support. You see Trump saying it on stage, again, threatening and extorting Ukraine, threatening American democracy. To, say, to try to get dirt that doesn't even exist. I mean, look, this is at the same time MAGA Republicans are meeting with and protecting uh, non-registered foreign agents working for China, fake whistleblowers like Russian oligarchs, and even the Russian oligarchs, like, okay, we, we, we do not think that. We never had any communications with Biden. Like, what are you talking about? MAGA Republicans making up 17 audio recordings that don't even exist. Just lie after lie after lie as you have people like Donald Trump cozy up and want to turn America into a puppet of Vladimir Putin. And ultimately, yeah, Kevin McCarthy, these MAGA Republicans, they're fine being a puppet of Donald Trump. Trump's fine being a puppet of Vladimir Putin, but... We, the people, do not want to be puppets of this crazy, authoritarian, deranged MAGA world that's taken over the Republican Party. Sorry. Full stop. End of story. And we here at the Midas Touch Network, the Midas Mighty Community, we're going to stand up for democracy together. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks for your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch Podcast. Now hit subscribe right now. Have a great day. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now, please. Jackson's 100% legit. Don't miss out. It's not legit. Why they're using like a... Mm. I didn't see my... Uh, what happened to my other comment?
strip him of his perps. Impeach him. Impeach him now. I believe you can. Can't he be, uh, still be impeached? Right. Mm. Trump attempt to change venue and new criminal case. Shot down. Martinez breaking federal judge delivers instant smackdown to Trump. The Michael Popak legal AF, Helen of Troy was famously called the face that launched a thousand ships. Donald Trump with one social media post attacking Jack Smith and the prosecutors and all prosecutors in the case launched at least five different federal filings, two federal court orders ultimately against him uh, on the issue of whether a protective order should immediately be issued in the new case that Jack Smith has brought, the Jan 6th interference case before Judge Tanya Chutkin. One social media post that all is, is all it took. Now look, we predicted on legal AF and otherwise that procedurally the government would soon after the arraignment be asking for a protective order to be put in place just as they did in the Mar-a-Lago Mar case so they could start dumping all of the data information witness transcripts and other evidence that they've accumulated on Donald Trump's defense side ASAP because the government will never be accused of dragging their feet when it comes to providing documents and information to Donald Trump and the other side because they want to get this case to trial as soon as possible. The only way you can do that if you're the government is that you come to the court with completely clean hands on the 28th of August when the judge is going to hear argument about setting a trial in the new case, Judge Tanya Chutkin. The only way you can do that is to dump, bring a dump truck, bring sheds of information and documents and give them to the other side so they can't argue that they haven't had at least the first opportunity to look at information in this uh, four different uh, criminal count indictment against Donald Trump. So the government's ready. Every time, remember, when Jack Smith brings an indictment, that's because he's ready right behind it, right, to back up the truck and dump Donald Trump uh, with everything that he needs in order to defend himself in the case. They uh, are ready. Government Trump is ready. Dump truck. Donald Trump, after he's done with the arraignment, mumbling his, his name and he's not on drugs and how old he is, he then went about attacking prosecutors in a social media post we're going to put right up here on the screen in which he said, you come after me, I come after you. You know, mob talk, organized crime talk. That's why prosecutors are using the RICO statute against him because he operates like a mob boss. And to anybody that suggests, like his, like his spokesperson, that he wasn't attacking the prosecutor, he made it clear right after that in the same social media posting chain when he put the fraud squad and put Jack Smith and Tisha James and Fawny Willis and Alvin Bragg all listed there as some sort of hit squad, right, that people can attack and go after. So it's clear what his messaging was. And the government said, you know what? We're about to file our motion for protective order anyway. Why don't we put in there as one of the grounds why the judge should not hesitate to enter a protective order, meaning that Donald Trump cannot tell the public in social media posts by his... By his I didn't even touch anything, but... Oh. 
Oh man. Is by his spokespeople indirectly or directly any. I just want to say that I'm the only presidential candidate for calling calling for his immediate incarceration. Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. Of the confidential and sensitive information that's contained in the discovery, the Brady material, right? The material the government has to constitutionally turn over to a defendant. None of that should be posted in public, criticized, critiqued, right? Because the government told uh, Judge Chutkin that we're going to give him, we're ready to give him witness testimony, witness transcripts, sealed search warrant material other transcripts, other documents that have personal identifying information, including about who potential witnesses are, co-conspirators, other unindicted people that they're still going after. We don't want him commenting on that in the public. Enter the protective order, and they gave a proposed protective order. Now, they say when they filed that motion, which followed just hours after the, the social media posting I showed you, With the Fries app, you can always save big on your favorites with personalized coupons and deals, so you can spend less and get more. Download the Fries app. I showed you. They also told the court, um, enter it now. We tried to negotiate with the other side. We tried to meet and confer, but they gave us some ridiculous protective order proposal, which doesn't do it, right? Would not limit Donald Trump appropriately given the circumstances. We gave them, the government said, a model of a protective order that Judge Nichols in the same court just recently used, I presume, for Steve Bannon and his trial and said, let's use this one. This one, a federal judge already approved. Let's use this one. We can live with this one. And rather than continue to go back and forth, given that the uh, defense, Trump's lawyers, took the position that we cannot meaningfully comment, meaningfully comment in the date for the trial because we don't know the volume of the material, then Jack Smith's team said, fine, enter the protective order, reach a deal with us, don't foot drag, and we'll give you all that information. When it became apparent that they were foot dragging, the government filed the motion for protective order directly, right off that tweet, right off that social media posting in which they, they were threatened. And in it, they say, here's the grounds, Your Honor, because this defendant has a history on social media of uh, making statements regarding judges, attorneys, and witnesses, right? And we know he's going to do it again. you got to stop him in this motion for protective order. The judge immediately, because like I said at the top, you know, the face that launched a thousand ships, the social media posting that launched a flurry of activity all within a 24- and 36-hour period. 
So we've got the social media posting. Several hours later, the motion for protective orders filed. Several hours later, the judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin, enters her minute order, which we have up here, which gives the, the Trump only until Monday at 5 p.m., so basically one business day, to get together and either look at the red line, look at the proposed protective order, and give a, a proposed set of edits. We call it a red line back to the judge, right, so, she, so they can be heard before the judge makes the ultimate decision. Now, rather than do that and spend the several hours that it would take to do it, the Trump side decided to spend several hours preparing a five-page opposition paper asking the court for a motion for extension of time not to, not to have the issue heard on Monday, but give them till Thursday. As, as noted by, the, by the Department of Justice in a filing hours, just hours after that, the time it took them to write the five pages is probably more time than it would have been just to do the work, just to comment on the protective order and, and, and uh, run this thing to the ground and be done with it. But no, because Donald Trump's lawyers wanted to, you know, poke a, poke a stick at the Department of Justice and say, oh, they're big and bad, they're not conferring with us, they're filing protective order motions without really having meaningful discussion with us, and they did that before, Your Honor, and with Judge Cannon, you know, this whining, 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 and Judge Cannon didn't like it, as if Judge Chutkin cares what Judge Cannon did in Florida, of all, of all people, of all fellow colleague judges. And, oh, they did it there, they did it here, Judge, they, they went off and, and did a Friday filing, and, you know, we don't like to work past uh, 5 o'clock on Fridays, it's summer, Your Honor, you know, whatever else they argued. And then the, the Department of Justice isn't having it either. The Department of Justice said, yeah, two hours later, they filed a paper, we have a copy of it here, and they filed a paper and said exactly what I just laid out, Judge, I, we don't get it. They spent an entire afternoon writing a five-page motion for extension of time to push the thing ahead 72 hours. Why didn't they just do the work as you ordered it to be to done delay. by 5 o'clock on Monday? Delay, delay. And they also, for good measure, Trump's lawyer says, why don't we, you know, Monday's not good for us, Judge. How about Thursday? How's your Thursday look? for? A, and why don't we have a hearing? Let's have a hearing. Because delay, delay, uh, delay, delay. And as I predicted on Legal AF, our podcast also on the Midas Touch Network, exactly what happened. The judge says, I'm the one wearing the black robe. I'm the one in charge of my courtroom. My order says what my order says, which is Monday by 5 o'clock. And the only modification she made in denying, finally, we just got the denial a minute later, right? Denying the motion for extension of time by Donald Trump. She said, you know what? Here's the order. Denied. You spend the time. You want to spend the time between now and Monday at 5 o'clock, or even after Monday at 5 o'clock, consulting with the government and making comments on your uh, on the um, protective order? Go ahead. You want to file something else on Monday? You can do that, too. You have till Monday at 5 o'clock. And I'll decide then, me, federal judge, district judge, Tanya Chutkin, not you, lawyers for Donald Trump, I'll decide whether I need a hearing or not. I don't see it at the moment, but let's see what happens after I see whatever it is you're going to file on Monday. The ball is now in your court. I'm summarizing the order, but that's what happened. All of what I just described, right, from the social media posting to the government's motion for protective order, 
to the court's ruling on the motion for protective order, setting the Monday deadline, to Trump's five-page opposition and motion for extension of time till Thursday, to the, to the uh, federal government's response to that, and the judge's order denying the motion for extension of time and sticking to her guns on Monday's deadline, all those six things happened in a 24-hour period. Who says justice doesn't move swiftly? Who says justice, the wheels of justice turn slowly? Not in Judge Tanya Chutkin's courtroom. And, and as I said on Legal AF, the podcast that I co-anchor on the Midas Dutch Network, this was going to be a test for Tanya Chutkin, the judge, about letting everybody know who's in charge and, and letting her know that she's not. She's the anti uh, Eileen Cannon down in Florida, that judge. She has a firm grasp on the tiller. She has a firm grasp and control and command of her courtroom, her courtroom procedures, and what she wants. And she's not going to sit there idly by to have a couple of lawyers for Donald Trump being paid by the Save America PAC tell her how to run her courtroom procedurally. She's going to make that ruling. So I like it because it draws that line in the sand early on about how she's gonna run the rocket docket that is her courtroom. And, and I think that bodes terribly, terribly for Donald Trump. Because when the next major event after this protective order gets issued, and there will be a protective order issued, including with, I'm sure, edits and changes by the federal judge, which is gonna effectively gag Donald Trump from commenting at all and reviewing at all without having be, be babysat by his lawyers, this discovery material produced by the government. And it's going to be a lot. It's going to be 100 terabytes of information, I'm sure. And they're going to go complaining about that. Oh, we just got 100 terabytes of information. Judge, it's the equivalent of 16 tractor trailers. If you stacked it uh, you know, end to end, it would halfway reach to the moon. You can, you can already anticipate the filing that's going to be made by John Loro and Todd Blanche to say that they need two and a half years before they can even try this case, while the judge nods her head patiently and says, yeah, we're not doing that. This case is going to trial under the Speedy Trial Act before the election because it's important to democracy that that happens. Those are the future steps we're going to follow only in one place, the Midas Touch Network. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then if you want to follow and kind of keep track of news and, and happenings at that intersection of law and politics, go to the new website they've just launched, the MidasTouch.com website. Everything's there. News, articles, our podcast, the hot takes, T-shirts, you name it. <laughs> we got it. It's all for free on the MidasTouch.com website. And if you like what I'm doing, go over to YouTube again, Midas Touch. Please subscribe. Go over to playlists. Find Michael Pumpock. You'll find all 300-plus of my hot takes, including this one listed there. Wednesdays and Saturdays, join us on the Midas Touch Network for Legal AF. You like these kind of hot takes? You're going to love the podcast. Audio versions drop everywhere and every place you get podcasts, from Spotify to Apple to Google, etc. And you can watch us live record on YouTube as well, uh, Legal AF. Like, like what I'm doing? Follow me on all things social media at MS Popak, including now on threads. Until the next hot take, Michael Popak, Legal AF. And Midas, whether I need a hearing or not, I don't see it at the moment, but let's see what happens after I see whatever it is you're going to file on Monday. The ball is now in your court. I'm summarizing the order, but that's what happened. All of what I just described, right, from the social media posting to the government's motion for protective order 
So the court's ruling on the motion for protective order, setting the Monday deadline, to Trump's five-page opposition and motion for extension of time till Thursday, to the, to the uh, federal government's response to that, and the judge's order denying the motion for extension of time and sticking to her guns on Monday's deadline, all yeah. those six things happened in a 24-hour period. Who says justice doesn't move swiftly? Who says justice? The wheels of justice, justice turn slowly. Not justice, in Judge Tanya Chuckett's matter. And, and as I said, I'll leave it out the podcast on the Midas Touch This was going to be a test for Tanya Chuckett, the judge, about letting everybody know who's in charge. And, Thank and you, Tanya. Judge not, Tanya. Anti-Eileen uh, Thank you, Judge Tanya. She has a firm grasp on the tiller. She has a firm grasp and control and command of her courtroom, her courtroom procedures, and what she wants. And she's not going to sit there idly by to have a couple of lawyers for Donald Trump being paid by the Save America PAC tell her how to run her courtroom procedurally. She's going to make that ruling. So I like it because it draws that line in the sand early on about how she's going to run the rocket docket that is her courtroom and, and I think that bodes terribly, terribly for Donald Trump. Because when the next major event after this protective order gets issued, and there will be a protective order issued, including with, I'm sure, edits and changes by the federal judge, which is going to effectively gag Donald Trump from commenting at all and reviewing at all without having be babysat by his lawyers, this discovery material produced by the government. And it's going to be a lot. It's going to be 100 terabytes of information, I'm sure. And they're going to go complaining about that. Oh, we just got 100 terabytes of information. Judge, it's the equivalent of 16 tractor trailers. If you stacked it, uh, you know, end to end, it would halfway reach to the moon. You can, you can already anticipate the filing that's going to be made by John Loro and Todd Blanche to say that they need two and a half years before <laughs> they can even try this case while the judge nods her head patiently and says, yeah, we're not doing that. This case is going to trial <laughs> under the Speedy Trial Act before the election because it's important to democracy that that happens. Those right are on. the future steps we're going to follow only in one place. The Midas Touch Network, pre-subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then if you want to follow and kind of keep track of news and, and happenings at that intersection of law and politics, go to the new website they've just launched, the MidasTouch.com website. Everything's there. News, articles, our podcast, the hot takes, T-shirts. Okay, let's go to just 24 hours after being told by Wait. a judge not to. Hey. You know Obama's gay, right? You know, this time of year, we all keep yeah, getting gay. I think uh, uh, Joan Rivers was probably killed because she's, she's said uh, Michelle is not a not a man uh, not a woman aimed with political fundraising asks but here's the thing giving five or ten bucks whatever you can to Joe Biden's campaign makes a real difference let me tell you why I'm a guy who's won a couple of these donations from grassroots supporters like you made up the majority of Joe's campaign revenue last time those five, ten, twenty dollar donations are what helped him win the election, pull us out of the pandemic, build on the ACA, and pass the biggest climate change investment in history. Those wins were your wins too. 
But can you pitch in and get five dollars right now? I know Joe will appreciate it. Thanks. Be sure. So friends, when Donald Trump was arraigned on his most recent criminal indictment, the magistrate judge instructed him that he is not to tamper with witnesses or otherwise obstruct justice. Well, 24 hours later, it looks like Donald Trump may have already violated the conditions of his pretrial release. Yeah, so let's talk about up. the wonderful world of show cause orders. Because justice, because justice matters. matters. Justice, justice, justice matters. Justice, 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 it matters a lot. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So friends, it sure didn't take long for Donald Trump to violate the conditions of his pre-trial release. Did it. You know, I was in court on Thursday, federal court in Washington, D.C., right here in my backyard, and I saw the judge give Donald Trump the following warning. Sir, I want to remind you that it's a crime to try to influence a juror, threaten a witness, retaliate against anyone, or obstruct the administration of justice. Do you understand these warnings? and consequences, sir. And the defendant, Donald Trump, responded, yes. And then, not 24 hours down. later, Donald Trump posted the following. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. And Special Counsel Jack Smith had a little something to say about that. Here's a new reporting from NBC News. Headline, Special Counsel Cites threatening Trump post in request for protective order in election interference case. And that article begins, federal prosecutors on Friday asked the judge overseeing former President Donald Trump's election interference case to bar him from publicly disclosing some of the evidence gathered during their investigation. In a court filing, attorneys with the special counsel Jack Smith's office requested that U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin ensure that sensitive materials are used by Trump's defense team for only the trial, and that the former president view the materials in the presence of his lawyers. This from the prosecutors. Quote, all the proposed order seeks to prevent is the improper dissemination or use of discovery materials, including to the public, they wrote. Such a restriction is particularly important in this case because the defendant has previously issued public statements on social media regarding witnesses, judges, attorneys, and others associated with the legal matters pending against him. Prosecutors went on to say that Trump had written multiple posts that mentioned or implied the case, including one that appeared on his Truth Social page Friday afternoon that read, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Trump's use of details or grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery could have a harmful, chilling effect on witnesses or at... Hey there, how's it going? Welcome back. Thanks for 222. The big twos.
This is a new breaking from from MSNBC. This week, and Trump and his advisors asked me to reject votes. Democratic superstar calls out GOP to the faces quickly, surges into spotlight. Hi everyone, I'm Amanda Weinstein, and you're listening to a special episode of the Suburban Women Problem. Women in Ohio have collected over 700,000 signatures to get reproductive freedom on the ballot in November. But issue one in August is trying to stop that. So today, we're going to talk with Congressman Chantel Brown about what's going on with issue one in Ohio. address the suburban women problem because it's real. Welcome to the Suburban Women Problem, a podcast for red, wine, and blue. Our guest today is Congresswoman Chantel Brown of Ohio's 11th Congressional District. She was elected to Congress in 2021, but has spent over a decade in public service. She is a lifelong, proud resident of Cleveland and a fierce advocate for women's rights. Congresswoman Brown, welcome to the Suburban Women Problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad you could join us. So first off, let's talk about why we are having this special election in August in Ohio. Didn't the Republicans just vote to do away with special elections in August? That is correct. Uh, at least that's what I thought. So I think that there's a, a trend happening with the Republicans. And if, if you can't beat them, shoot them. Oh, <laughs> well, I like that slogan. election and how is this connected to reproductive rights in Ohio State Constitution? Well, I, I want to say this. Um, the, the issue one is so, so critically important. And when we think about Ohio and when we think about the importance of protecting women's right to make their own health care decisions, because it, to me, abortion is one thing, but this really boils down to us being able to make our own health care decisions. So when we talk about this uh, issue one and raising the threshold from a simple majority to a super majority, it's going from 51, 50% plus one to 60%. And that is not a mistake. That is not a coincidence. That is not happenstance. Um, calculated. It's very calculated. Because <laughs> when you think about some of the other states that had this very same initiative on the ballot, like Kansas and Michigan, um, Kansas, which is considered a red state, uh, Michigan, which is notably a swing state. These initiatives passed by 56% and 59% respectively. So this 60% threshold, as you said, is very, very calculated. So when we talk about Ohio and they're, they're changing um, the rules, <laughs> again, because if you can't beat them, cheat them, um, we're trying to change the rules in the middle of the game, which has been something they've been doing for quite some time and getting away with it. Even in my very own situation, having to run on unconstitutional maps. So that is um, largely in part why this issue is so critically important to me, Ohio. If you're over 40 and still using mainstream concealers, you're making a big mistake. 
Ever wonder why mainstream concealers don't deliver as promised? You're certainly not alone. Wow, so is this just Ohio, or is this part of a larger Republican playbook? I think it's part of a larger Republican playbook. I mean, uh, you know, I, as a member of Congress, the, um, the hollow hall fills ring and seals have an, an aura, an era of what happened on Jerry, January 6th that still affects some of my colleagues to this day. Um, we had probably one of the largest exodus, if you will, um, this last midterm election where some members just decided not to uh, return and others decided to run for other offices because of what happened on January 6th. And I think that was the um, initial uh, demonstration of the playbook, if you will, of if you can't beat them, then cheat them. The, the sealing of the, the quote-unquote sealing of the election and the, the insurrection that happened on January 6th is a result of that. And I see it continuing to play out throughout the country and it's being launched in crazy initiatives uh, all over the all over the country. When you think about the voting rights um, legislation that have been passed over the last uh, uh, couple of years to the tune of 400 pieces of legislation in over 49 states to suppress the vote, it is a very real thing. I love that you link this back to January 6th. Well, love and hate it. But I love that you tied it because it is part of a larger playbook that the Republicans know very clearly that they don't have the majority. The majority of Americans are not with them. So the only way they can win is by going around the majority and by completely getting rid of democracy at the federal level, January 6th, down to the state level, what Ohio is doing in our August election right now. In Ohio, when we think about, um, when we think about elections and, and what a no vote would mean for issue one, um, it, it, it essentially means you're ensuring that majority rule, right? Otherwise, if you vote yes, it will be 40% um, of the voters will have control. They can block any issue um, and, and give 40% the majority <laughs> of a de de decision-making authority, which is insane. It just sounds crazy to me. Um, a no vote would also uh, protect our uh, our ability to, well, the other side likes to say it's protecting the Constitution. I guess it depends on what side of the Constitution on. <laughs> because if a, a yes vote would permanently um, undo constitutional protections that have been in place for over 100 years, allowing a checks and balance system which would give uh, citizens the opportunity to uh, take control when politicians fail to do so. If citizens don't like the decisions that their politicians are making, right now we have the ability to do something about it. Issue one would prevent us from doing that. So it really does protect our freedom and it allows for the power of one person, one vote to remain true. But if issue one passes, that will no longer be the case. Again, we will be giving our power to the minority. 40% of the voters will have the ability to decide on any constitutional amendment moving forward. Issue one is really kind of asking, do you want to give your voice over to Columbus and to the politicians that are there? And it really does take away the voice of the people when they decide they want to do something or do something differently than how the politicians are voting right now. So voting no is really saying, no, I don't want to give my voice over to them for any issue. And right now, one of the pressing issues in Ohio is reproductive freedom. But what other issues are they really afraid of other than reproductive freedom? Well, I would say, um, as a person who has to run on unconstitutional maps, gerrymandering. Um, you know, we've already 
already said no to that. And um, despite, despite the Supreme Court last year instructing um, the state state legislation to uh, redraw the maps, we have run on maps that were deemed unconstitutional. And this initiative is ultimately silencing the, vo the voice of the voters. So it means that there's some value there. So we have to pay attention and make sure that we are protecting the power that we have and protecting the freedom and the democracy. But gerrymandering is one of those issues. Reproductive freedom is one of those issues. And I would go as far as to say um, even something like uh, raising the minimum wage is one of those uh, grassroots citizen-led initiatives that could be adversely impacted um, if it's human. Oh, well said. And that gerrymandering, those maps, I mean, you're talking about the people that we send to Congress, the people that we send to Washington, D.C., that is affecting our entire nation, that this is you know, a really important issue, not just for people in Ohio, but for our democracy in general. That is very, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. And I, and I would be remiss if I didn't add this. Issue one, not only will it increase the, uh, the threshold from 51 to 60 percent, but it also um, will increase the requirement to get these initiatives on the ballot before we even get to that next step of 60 percent. So right now in Ohio, we're only required to get signatures in 44 of the 88 counties. If issue one passes, all 88 counties, we would have to get signatures for all, from all 88 counties. So what that One county could stop it. One county could stop it. So you recently said reproductive rights are inextricably linked to the health of our democracy overall. Can you expand on that for our listeners? Absolutely. So I think first we have to look at the big picture. Um, what makes a healthy democracy, right? And that's equal rights and equal protection under the law. These Republicans know that people are, um, are, are supportive of women being able to make their own health care decisions. And this issue one inevitably is going to take away the power of the majority and put the power in the hands of a 30% minority. And that is not democracy. That is not a sign. And that is not a characteristic of a healthy democracy. It is not. So here at Red, White, and Blue, we love friend-to-friend -friend organizing because we know that voters are more likely to listen to their friends, family, and neighbors than a TV ad or mailer. What do you tell your friends to encourage them to get out the vote? Too many people feel like, oh, my vote doesn't count or it doesn't matter, and I just have to remind them um, that every vote really does matter. And I am actually um, a, a living uh, example. My, my very first race, um, I, I ran and I was, when the polls closed, I was down by six votes. And I actually, <laughs> yes. That's not a lot, people. That is not a lot. And so I actually thought I lost the race. And I was ready to move on my, with my life. I'm a child of faith, so I wasn't shy. I was like, okay, this is God's intuition. Whatever he has for me, I'm okay with that. So, but what I did know, there were 23 provisional ballots in my race. And I wasn't as, <laughs> right. And so those are just in case ballots for people who, are, may not be as politically savvy as you are. Um, and I call them just in case ballots because it's just in case you requested an absentee ballot that didn't show up in time, or just in case you moved and you're not at your um, right polling location. They want to make sure you aren't trying to vote twice. So they don't count these provisional ballots unless they're necessary. Um, because if I only there were only five in my race, it would not have changed the outcome, right? But there were 23. And they count them 10 days after the election day. So. 11 days later. <laughs> you had to wait for 10 days. 
but this the crazy part is I had no idea I was this was even a thing because I was I was like a young activist just trying to run to to make a difference in my community. So I didn't even know that other people who were more politically savvy said it's not over. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And they're like, it's not over. Just just give it some time. And I'm like, okay. And the funny part about that is I actually probably registered about five new voters. <laughs> but I ended up, so I ended up winning by seven votes, long story short. So yes, vote. Every vote matters. Every vote really does count. And so people close to me know that story. Um, so they know, they also know that um, I check their voting uh, status. That is public information for those who do. Ooh, I like that. So I am one that will, if I, if you have, if you know a person's last name and birth date, their voting record is public. Like you can't tell how they voted, but you can yeah, tell. Just like if they're registered to vote, if they, oh. Yeah, so I am on my family and friends. I'm like, hey, early voting started. Uh, when are you going to vote? And so I have become such a nag over the years, like, Almost all of my family goes to vote, and my friends, they go vote early. So on election day, they're free to either work the polls or help other people um, get to the polling locations uh, if they don't have transportation. So, <laughs> oh, nice. I mean, so that sounds like a great thing that people can do to help this effort. So if we're in Ohio right now, right, so we can help, you know, ask people, are you registered? Are you ready to vote? Have you already voted? Do you have a plan to vote? What else can people in Ohio do? You can call, you can text, um, you, if you don't, if you don't have a yard sign, put a sign in your yard, you know, it, it, those are the little things that matter because it's a signal to your friends and neighbor where you stand, and to your point, people trust their friends and their neighbors, and so if they, see, they see a sign in your yard or if they get a phone call or a text from you, that will go a long way. Um, so don't underestimate the power of your circle of influence, and please, please, please use it because this is going to have, this could potentially have um, long-lasting impact on our uh, future, just not only in the state of Ohio, but as you pointed out, when we, we take into consideration the maps that we run on for the congressional races, but even um, our state, uh, our state representatives and state senators, they are impacted by these uh, gerrymandered maps. And so it has an impact on the people that are representing you. It will keep the power in the people's hands and not allow politicians and special interest groups to make decisions for you. So you also co-sponsored the 2023 Women's Health Protection Act in Congress. So can you tell us what would this bill do and how can we help you get this bill passed? It would just enshrine and protect women's right to abortion care across the country. And so to help me pass it again, in order to change the laws, we have to change the lawmakers, right? And so we have to get more women. Um, yes. <laughs> right? Um, the sad thing is that a lot of these uh, decisions that are being imposed on us, uh, the majority you of them have are being women in Congress by, now. Um, white men who do not have all the experience. <laughs> they, they don't have much experience with the uterus. <laughs> exactly. And so it's really, it's really unfair um, on so many levels. So as a woman and as a minority, um, it's doubly impactful um, for me to be able to uh, give women the opportunity to get the um, help and care and health care that they need. What's the most important thing for everyone listening from Ohio to do right now to help get out the vote by August 8th? Call somebody, text somebody, 
um, take somebody to the polls. The polls are open until 7. Uh, the, boarding, the Board of Elections is open until 7. Your local polling location will be open until 7.30 on Election Day. So right now, if you haven't voted, go vote, and then on Election Day, you'll be free to do other stuff to help get the vote out for others on Election Day. Where can people go to find out more about you and your work? Um, the easiest way is to uh, follow me at Rep. Chantel Brown. Uh, that's my on the unofficial side. That's the official side at Rep. Chantel Brown, and then on the unofficial side, just Chantel Brown. So. It's been so great talking to you today. Thanks for joining me on this special episode of the Suburban Women Problem. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this interview, you can hear more of this conversation on our podcast. Available anywhere you Rip get your Chantel podcasts. Brown. Or visit redwine.blue for more information. And don't forget, if you're in Ohio, make sure you vote no by kind August 8th. Some polling places have changed, so check your polling location. You can vote early today, Saturday, and Sunday. There is no early voting on Monday, and then polls will be open for a final day on Tuesday from 6.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. And make sure you ask your friends and family to vote, too. I'm tweeting this right in Ohio. Ladies. 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 Young Dems. Ohio Dems Ohio Ah, fuck! Just deleted what I was doing Ohio well, I went back to Ohio, but my city was gone. No train station. There was no downtown. Ohio Democratic Women's Caucus. Ohio. Um, county chairs, Ohio, damn, that's smart, Ohio county chairs, that's very smart, Ohio Democrats for change, Ohio young, what about Ohio young Democrats, young, CPAs, Democrats, uh, WYD, Ohio YD, Ohio, USA.
do, 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 do. How come nobody's calling for fucking perjury trader grains expulsion? My sweet dad. Young Dems, Democrats, the Democrats, House Dems, Senate Dems, Senate Dems, DNC, War Room. DNC, Democratic Party, how about Rep Raskin, how about Hakeem Jeffries, how about Rep Dan Goldman, how about Jasmine? GOP wants for libraries in jail. Book burning by another name, but a Democratic federal judge put out the fire. Just saying. Trap for prison. As unfit to serve in public service. American Library Association. Library of Congress. United Black Library. That sounds cool. <laughs> Carrie Lake visits Ohio. Free admission.
diaper Donald. Scary Lake. Trista for Perez. Transfer prison, Chris Mays, for Governor 2. You have no shame, fucking skank. <laughs> Arizona Public Media Hurry up Trista Citizens for Ethics Easy Den Easy Den Easy Easy AZ Andres Cano, Arizona Capital Times, AZ, uh, Lusa, Arizona, Arid Stone, uh, Arizona Daily Star, what might have said, Arizona, um, yummy dummies. Dem. Nope, nothing. See here.
I'm so indicted. Ooh wee. Get off the stage, cow. Carrie Lake should be disqualified. Why isn't Carrie Lake disqualified? Christmas, Christmas. I want to file. Diaper, Don, diaper. Ah, ah. Two. Clown. He's unfit. Tag people, AZ Dam, Maricopa, Young Democrats, Maricopa, County mm, Clerk, AZ. Arizona's politics, Easy Central, Easy Okay, close enough, good enough. Midas Touch. Trump was right about it all. Again and again about the Biden family's foreign business. Yeah, right? Where's the proof? Just uh, for praise. 
trap for a prison. So indebted. Get off the stage, Nazi pig. We're all going to jail, fucking jail, so, and we're suspending the party, so find another job, motherfuckers. Where's the misconduct charges for, um... Spend the whole fucking party. You're so indebted. Fucking guillotines. 
Fucking weirdo. Of his militia. Beach. <laughs> There's a woman on a plane. Yo, chickies, what's up? Gun six insurrection. Politico. Fucking spineless coward and fit. Lincoln Projects. NYT politics. Politics go. Oh, no, politics. Up post politics. Times politics. Oh, the beans, fucking weirdo. What the hell?
What the hell? Justice matters, justice, justice, justice. Little note to, uh, Christopher Press, I'm putting in Christopher Press. for governor, just for senate, little notes. I wonder what Republicans would be saying right now if Trump's had actually succeeded right now. Justice. Don't my mind. Says most posters don't post replies. We're asking poster review replies with potentially harmful or offensive language. Okay, spineless. Okay, well, put spineless. Right. 
Harry Dunn destroys Trump live on national TV. Declares that he should have been arrested on January 7th for inciting the deadly January 6th insurrection that sent him in over 140. Yes. Harry Dunn. Christopher Press. Trump for prison. Camelot, <coughs> Camelot Price, Price. They saved the VP and House Speaker. Justice Department was hobbled at that time. And the Capitol Police are heroes. I'm a lot of words. Breaking. Where did he um, speak on national TV? What was the sketch? Daytona Beach, Florida. 
Are we done? Are we done? Which one is very which one is very done? January 6th is a harrowing day for our nation as insurrection is inspired by a former president stormed our capital. Though they may claim for political persecution, Jack Smith's indictment of Trump shows us that the rule of law still exists in America. Lock her up for destroying America, Marjorie Trader Green. Expulsion. Expulsion. Call Congress. I ask everyone who reads this to please smash a heart and retweet. Maybe just maybe if enough people do so, we call the maggots to read it and stop the continuing lies being spread about me. Truth matters. Should have said, and everybody donate to his uh, legal defense fund. Michael Cohen's legal defense funds. So, shout out to KMP Student Radio at the University of Aridstone and KPYT, Pepperfield, Travel Radio, Travel Radio, Travel Radio. Let's see what else is going on. Anything juicy? Trump admits he is terrified of deposition by Michael Cohen. Yeah, 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 yeah. the Queens, I need y'all to see this because look, this is what I'm actually working with, and clearly there's not much there, but sometimes. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. So, Donald Trump's lawyer in the case where Donald Trump actually sued Michael Cohen for $500 million is saying that all of the depositions and documents and everything relating to the case should be held confidential because Donald Trump is worried about his reputation and he's worried about how the lawsuit can impact his criminal proceedings and uh, also he wants to avoid being embarrassed. Don't take my word for it. We'll look at the court documents themselves and then we will talk uh, to Michael Cohen directly so you can get Michael Cohen's perspective. We go right to the source here on the Midas Touch Network. Of course, Cohen is my co-host on the podcast Political Beatdown, so I was able to ask him directly about how he feels. But here are the facts. Donald Trump sued Michael Cohen for $500 million in a federal court in the Southern District of Florida. Not the other way around. Trump sued Cohen. So in response, Cohen said, I want discovery. I want some documents and I want to take your deposition because 
You sued me, you used it in press releases, you used it to fundraise, you said a lot of horrific and horrible things about me. I had to go hire a lawyer, I've been hauled into court, I want your deposition. At first, Donald Trump said he's not going to give his deposition. In a case where Donald Trump sued Michael Cohen, the federal judge ordered that Donald Trump's deposition take place in 45 days. Michael Cohen exclusively announced here on the Midas Touch Network that the deposition of Donald Trump in that matter is scheduled to take place on September 6th. But now Donald Trump's lawyers are saying basically that he is too scared about that deposition video becoming a public record or the documents becoming public. And I say to Trump, how dare you? How dare you? You sued Michael Cohen. You you sued, I was going to stop myself there. You sued Michael Cohen. So you brought him into court, and now you're saying you want confidentiality? You're the one who opened up the uh, courthouse and, and, and brought Michael Cohen in on this frivolous case. We'll get Michael Cohen's reaction in just a moment, but here is the uh, plaintiff, Trump. Trump's the plaintiff in this case. It's Trump versus Cohen. He has the audacity to call himself President Donald J. Trump. You ain't the president anymore. You're not the president. So it's Trump versus Michael Cohen and it's plaintiff's brief on issue of protective order. And in this motion, Donald Trump's lawyers are basically telling the judge because of Trump's reputational interests, because Trump would be embarrassed, and because of the criminal case, keep this all confidential, keep it all secret. And Cohen's like, no, that's not the way it works. Here is what it says. It says, uh, plaintiff Trump requests the entry of a confidentiality order given this matter's inherent susceptibility to public scrutiny and media coverage due to the parties involved. You sued Cohen. You sued Cohen, not the other way around. It says defendant Cohen has been unwilling to agree to the entry of a confidentiality order, and as such, the parties request a hearing before this court to resolve this dispute. At this hearing conducted by the court on July 20th, the court ordered that the parties submit written briefs to further explain their positions. In brief, defendant takes the position that good defendant's Cohen takes the position that good cause does not exist sufficient to warrant the entry of a confidentiality order because of quote embarrassment of Donald Trump is not good cause. Go into the brief, look at page four, and it talks about well, this is what Trump's argument is. Well, uh, Cohen's argument against the entry of a confidentiality order fails because it is almost entirely premised on the contention that mere embarrassment is not sufficient to constitute good cause. And then the lawyer for Trump says, there is no question that plaintiff's request for the issuance of a confidentiality order partially stems from his status of a public figure, as a public figure. While defendant argues that plaintiff cannot establish good cause because his reputational interests are insufficient for the entry of a confidentiality, as shown below, plaintiff's reputational interests and his statute as a public figure, I'm not sure, I mean stature, but they says his statute as a public figure are not the only reasons why a confidentiality is warranted. Okay, well, you are saying embarrassment is a figure, reputational interests are a factor. What's the other one? Oh, here it is on page six. Plaintiff's ongoing criminal proceedings establish a legitimate basis for the entry of a confidentiality order. Really? 
You're saying, we're going to get to color in one second, so just hang tight. You're saying that plaintiff's ongoing criminal proceeding that trumps the fact that Trump's a criminal? That that's the issue? Let's go into it. Oh, here's how it starts. The Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination shields one asserting that privilege from being incriminated by his or her compelled testimonial communications. That protection applies equally to witnesses in civil and criminal proceedings alike. Then it says, as Cohen is aware, plaintiff is currently a defendant in multiple criminal proceedings. You're the one who sued Cohen. So Cohen wants discovery. By the way, your invocation of the Fifth Amendment is an adverse inference in a civil case. What are you going to do? You're going to request a stay of your own case that you filed against Cohen? You're going to invoke the Fifth in your own case that you sue Cohen? Maybe you should have thought about that before suing Michael Cohen. I think Michael Cohen is not only going to prevail, but I think he's going to get significant sanctions against Donald Trump for bringing this frivolous case. But let's go to Michael Cohen directly and see how Michael Cohen views the fact that Donald Trump is seeking this protective order. Let's go to Michael Cohen right now. I say you can't have it both ways. That's not the way the system works. Um, they don't want to turn over any of the documents or most of the documents that my lawyers have requested uh, in our discovery order uh, for the sole purpose that they are afraid that, that those documents uh, could be released, that those documents may incriminate Trump in some of these other legal matters. And again, I just need to scratch my head and say, seriously? So you bring a $500 million frivolous lawsuit against somebody and you expect me to do what? You expect me to roll over, to start to cry, to say to myself, oh, oh, my God, Donald Trump is suing me and so on. Listen, I know the game. I know his game. It was all based upon retaliation. All right. He's now put himself into a situation where, as the plaintiff, you are required to move the case forward to be deposed. You may remember, Brigaders, that and I said this in previous episodes that Donald wanted to have the deposition 90 days post the election, which would be about 16, 17 months from now. Well, that's obviously not realistic, uh, nor was I going to permit that, nor was my counsel. And so, again, he is now required to sit for this recorded uh, and transcribed deposition on September 6th. And I promise you, my lawyer, Danya Perry and Benjamin Brodsky, they're already in the works. They're, they've already have in the works the, you know, the um, development of the questions that they intend to ask. It is going to be an incredibly, incredibly thorough, thorough, um, you know, deposition of Donald, which I, I promise you he doesn't want. And I promise that if I am permitted I will be I will be releasing 